Thank, great to connect. Thank you. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for uh, having me on. I, I always love guesting on people's shows and have people guesting on mine. I'll talk to anybody. <laughs> yeah, like you're one of the very few that I see like as a female um, having a ha- having a sports podcast. So it was very interesting to me to bring you on on my podcast here. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate it. Anytime that. Uh, and there, there's other, you know, women out there doing the sports thing. So yeah, anybody, yeah. Any, anytime I can jump on and promote, you know, us or anybody else out there doing their thing, and and vice versa. That's why uh, the podcasting world's so awesome because I feel like that everybody's just trying to help cross promote everybody else, especially in the indie world. You know. Oh yeah, that like I just joined the indie world about um, seven, seven, eight months ago. Oh and okay. Most of my guests are coming from California. So to be all the way from Toronto, Canada, I mean, social media is massive like that. So instead of going on location, meeting people just in our own inner city, I mean, I'm I'm grabbing guests from all over and all different industries, too. So it's it's awesome. Yeah, that's really really cool. Are you on Twitter? Currently, I'm not on Twitter, just on uh, Instagram and on and Facebook. Okay, but I'm I would, looking to go on Twitter. I really, really, really encourage you to go on Twitter because I've been actually podcasting for over four years now. Okay. Um, so I, th- that's where podcasting lives is on Twitter. The okay. uh, the Twitter community, the Twitter podcasting community is super supportive. Like it doesn't matter what kind of show you have. Like yeah. I've, I've guessed it on an 80s movie podcast. So, you know, it doesn't matter what yeah, it doesn't sh- matter. It doesn't matter. Like everybody, everybody out there who's got a show, whether it's true crime, whether it's movies, whether it's sports, comics, whatever. I follow it. We follow on Twitter a ton of different podcasts, but it's everybody out there just supporting everybody else's shows. Yeah, like um, last week I had a guest all the way from Cyprus and she has her own beauty podcast. And we were talking horror movies, like yeah. 50 percent of the podcast show. Yeah. So it's like I had someone <laughs> in the beauty industry and we're talking like way out of her comfort zone. Well, so and I, like you know, really cool. I'm the, I'm the same way. So like I run the, the girls beer sports Twitter account, but like, yeah. like I said, I interact with like music. I can talk music. We can talk. I just watched yeah. the, I just watched the original Halloween this afternoon and, uh, from 1978. Yeah, man. Okay. I got, I got it's a huge on it is and i got opinions on it <laughs> <laughs> i like to hear it because a lot of people that i follow on instagram they've been posting a lot about michael myers these days and i haven't read one negative uh, post about it so i yeah, like, like to hear it, your opinion it's it, i won't say it's, it's negative it may be like not popular <laughs> <laughs> that's all good <laughs> I like. I love to hear different opinions. Yeah, we can. I can talk about. We can talk about anything. Anything. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. I'm. I'm pretty well versed. Yeah. I got my. Um. I got my playoff beard here going. Yes. I, <laughs> well, if you see, I don't know. Like, I'm pretty sure you're well diverse in sports and all that. But have mm-hmm. you seen um, the hockey player NHL or Joel Thornton's beard? Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm like pretty much. I'm kind of getting there, but. <laughs> yeah, my my husband has a huge yeah. like ZZ top like beard. Um, so yeah, I appreciate I appreciate the beard and I appreciate the playoff beard. And you know what? Even though the playoffs are technically over, you might as well yeah. keep it for like I guess what are they talking about? Starting the season in January or February, maybe. Yeah, a lot of the professional leagues are are planning to do that this year. So I mean, how how is your perspective on uh, sports with no fans? 
in the in the stadiums and and arenas. So I think it's I think it's interesting. Um, I know that I think the players got used to it, but I think the players didn't. They 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 tolerated it to get through this this season, but I don't think that they're going to enjoy playing with no fans again. Um, what's interesting about yeah. that is, so in the college football scene, because our podcast, we do a lot with college football, because that's oh, yeah. like my, my thing is college football down here in Lexington, Kentucky. Yeah. And um, a lot of stadiums have got 25% capacity for fans uh, in the college football thing. And yeah. I'm, I'm actually, my husband and I are going to the UK-Georgia game on Saturday. So I'm going to be interested to kind of bring and see what the, the actual fan like experience is in that realm too, yeah. you know, um, not just for the players, it being really no fans, but also for the fan being at a limited capacity and kind of limited, you know, there's no tailgates. There's, there's none of that stuff. So. Well, th- th- that's the one thing that brings the whole atmosphere and experience. And that's a, as a Canadian, I go to Buffalo Bill games to enjoy that tailgate experience because here in Toronto for the Canadian football league, it's banned. You can't do that. Really? So that's why a lot of Canadians go that are Buffalo Bill fans cross the border and do the whole tailgate tailgating experience from 7 a.m. till 7 at night till the game starts. Yeah. Bill's so mafia. That, that's the one thing that's missing from football there. Like are how are people uh, dealing with that? Because I know it's a huge tailgating is like one of the biggest things down there. So, you know, people are dealing with it in their, I think, just individual stadium type ways. I, I read yeah. an article not too long ago about LSU and how they're kind of, like their fans are kind of like having like private tailgate events or whatever. And then I've heard okay. some people tell <laughs> tell stories about uh, being at Commonwealth Stadium and people having tailgates and, you know, a security dude driving by going, oh, you can't do that. And then just driving on. Right. And not really stopping <laughs> anything. So, you know, I think it just depends on on where you are. I'm, well, I mean, I'm basketball, too, but I really, really like college football. Like, okay. really. That's like my that's like my thing across the board. Yeah. Like, I haven't really went into detail about this, but what's it like down there in America competing like NCAA competing with pro sports leagues and here in Canada? As we see, college football, college basketball seems to be a lot bigger than the pro sports leagues. Is that is that true? It depends on where you are, honestly, okay. because so I'm in, I'm in Lexington, Kentucky, and you know, yeah. college sports is huge down here because I'm literally like 15 minutes away from the University of Kentucky campus, and that's the yeah. only game that's the only game in town. Like we're an hour from Cincinnati, which has the Reds and the Bengals, but the Bengals suck, and the Reds aren't much better. <laughs> um, yeah. But, you know, yeah. if, if you're in a town, if, if you're in a town that has NHL, NBA, NFL, like uh, t- take New York, for instance, this is a really good example because I have a friend who just moved here from New York and she's super into sports and she couldn't get she really likes the University of Kentucky in basketball. She's coming around to football, but uh, she couldn't get anybody up there to talk about college anything because it was all Giants, Yankees. It was all M- yeah. MLB, NHL. NHL, NBA, they, all they cared about was pro sports. Like, I think they cared about college for like the tournaments and the betting side of it, maybe a little bit. Yeah. But in yeah, terms of I anything else that down there. So like in Alabama, like in Tuscaloosa, man, Alabama is it, <laughs> you know, Al- the university of Alabama is it. They have no pro <laughs> sports teams that, well, the pro sports team is the university of Alabama team, right? 
but yeah, it just kind of all depends on on what region or what state or what what city you're in. Okay. But yeah. What's What's interesting is we're getting a lot more Canadian college players in mm-hmm. basketball and football down here. A it's lot. It's getting. Oh yeah, it's starting to uh, ramp up here, seeking scholarships, and and that's the thing. Like, there's so many unknown Canadian athletes down there in America, whether it be soccer hockey, football, and basketball. Like, we, we don't know about them until they make it pro. Or, or they get called up from the, from the minors or from whatever lower division it is until they make it. Then we start getting to know them or getting, getting to hear their name more often as they come around. So yeah, it's, it, it's, it's big. It's getting big it, up here. It definitely is. And it's been really interesting down here to be watching college football and them saying, oh, so-and-so's from Canada. And I'm like... What? They have yeah. high school football up there? All right. Yeah. So that's kind of like we're trying to figure that out down here, too. <laughs> uh, yeah, high school football here. It, it's it's getting I, – I, I guess it's getting a little bit uh, more popular. I mean, the university football here is not, not the greatest. It's not popular. Ho- hockey, of course, is the number one thing here, as you Americans all know that. And uh, ever since the Toronto Raptors won the championship last year, now you got more fans um, jumping on the bang wagon and, and going for the Raptors now. So as for college, I, I hope to see one day um, we might get a, like some crossovers, like American teams cross over to Canada to give us that experience. Yeah, I think I, I saw like when all this this nonsense with the COVID and all this started. It's just, you know, uh, in March and we were still podcasting, we've been podcasting, um, the whole entire time actually. And I, I'd seen this article where, uh, the university system up in Canada canceled all of their, uh, fall Mm -hmm. sports or whatever, including football. And we were all surprised that there was college football in Canada. That was (laughs) kind of surprised (laughs) us, but I think that I read there was a team, there was a team maybe in Washington state, possibly that played in one of the divisions in Canada, but maybe oh, okay. I'm, maybe i misread that or I'm, I'm misremembering it. Cause that was back in March and a lot. Of yeah. Time since yeah. Then. <laughs> could be, I uh, could be, I'll check that out actually. Cause if like, again, they were bringing the NFL over to Toronto uh, a couple of years back. I'm not too, it was either now it's maybe it's been a decade now where they're bringing the bills over when Toronto was experimenting NFL in our at the Sky Dome here, where the Argonauts play, but it went really well. The only downfall was again no tailgating. So if you can't have that American experience and bring it here, what's the point of having an NFL team in Toronto then? Yeah, you're exactly right. I mean, the tailgating is a hundred percent a part of the whole game yeah. day experience. Yeah. And tickets went way up. Like right now you can get a Buffalo Bill ticket for between twenty no thirty dollars Canadian to like a hundred and fifty dollars to sit lower bowl. That is so cheap for us. As soon as they cross border, those lower bowl seats went up to like five hundred to a thousand dollars. Oh wow. Yeah. All right. Bills aren't too. Bills aren't. Bills aren't doing terrible this season yeah. either. They're not terrible. Josh. Josh Allen's hanging in there. Yeah. A lot of Canadians too. They have. Uh, they have a lot of uh, season ticket holders over down like they, for Buffalo. Oh yeah. And yeah. Um, it's it's pretty cool to see that though. 
Yeah, hey, Bill's Mafia is everywhere. Yeah. Well, I, I was like an hour away. I drove an hour away to the country um, just a few weeks ago, and the, the, all the ladies were coming out of the coffee shop wearing Bill's Mafia. I'm like, I'm like this is pretty cool to see, though. I yeah. didn't even know the Bills were playing. I, it, it was a Sunday, but then it, it clicked. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's Sunday. NFL, NFL didn't get canceled. So um, anyhow... Like, what's the greatest, like, what is your favorite um, sports moment in college, in college uh, that you witnessed in the, in over your uh, years? Okay. All these games. So I have, I have a couple of them. Definitely uh, in 2007, yeah. uh, when you, the UK was playing Louisville in football in Commonwealth Stadium. Well, it's, it's Kroger Field now, but I refuse to call it that. It's Commonwealth <laughs> Stadium. Hashtag not my Kroger field, but um, Louisville was the, the came in as like the preseason number one or something like that. And we call it the Stevie got loose game because Stevie Johnson wide receiver got behind the defense and scored the game winning touchdown. And the place just went berserk. I mean, it just erupted. The whole state was shaking. We were in the upper level and it was just shaking. Uh, it wow. was also it was also very cool in 2010. I was uh, witness to Kentucky beating a number one LSU team in football in overtime, and that was equally as as exciting. Yeah, but during basketball season, the bar scene down here, when you could go to bars and congregate yeah. with people, um, is pretty crazy. Uh, it, it gets really packed out, and I've seen some amazing games on television in bars where, you know, Final Four games, 2012 National Championship game, um, you know, when uh, I'm going to I'm going to screw this up. Andrew Harris, Andrew Harrison, because the Harrison twins and I always get it mixed up, but yeah. it, it hits the shot against Michigan to take us to five four. I mean, the bar just it, it just explodes. The whole the whole town explodes. And it's it's like, it, it, you know, when you win a championship, everybody comes out into the streets and just parties. And that, you know, 96 and 98, that was a lot of fun, too. That's awesome. That, that's really cool. I wish I got to experience those type of moments in the States. Like we always see them. I see those um, footage, like the old footage here on the replays and stuff like that. But I, I, I wish one day I can go to like the national championship game. Do you, do you know how much those tickets go for? Oh God, they're ridiculous. Yeah. I wouldn't, pay, I wouldn't pay them. I'd rather no. watch it. I would really rather watch it in a bar. Okay. Like just come, just come to the States and just go to a bar and watch it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty, yeah. Just, uh, just to be there and see what it's actually um, like would be really cool. I know you ha- do a, um, are, are you part of a uh, fusion brewing? Is that um, something you guys invested in? Yeah, actually it is my husband and I, and uh, give me two seconds to reach over here into the beer fridge since we're on no the video. I uh, hold on just a second. It's Go just, to, it. my, yeah. just to my left. All right. I was, uh, I was interested to know this story, how this came all about. Yeah, so this is this is actually one of our cans that we're really excited about. We just started canning, and uh, yeah, so we we are percentage owners in a in a brewery called Fusion down here in Lexington. That that uh, it'll be two years February that we've been open, and it's an interesting story. I work at I actually work at Eastern Kentucky University. That's my real day job. Unfortunately, podcasting doesn't pay the bills, but you know, <laughs> what can you do? Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> you know, we're, we're trying. We're trying. But yeah. uh, so um, you know, doing girls' beer sports and and the the uh, 
department that I'm in at EKU is alumni and, and development. And uh, I had started a podcast there also, and I'm, I'm working with uh, uh, gift officers and things like that. And one of my friends comes to me, he's like, hey, uh, there's a chemistry professor who's starting a brewery program here. Would you like to have him on Girls Beer Sports? I'm like, absolutely, bring him on. So Chris, Chris uh, Palmy, who is the CEO, founder of Fusion and head brewer comes on girls beer sports. He came on twice. The second time he's like, Hey, I'm seriously thinking about starting a brewery. We're like, Hey, we're looking for investment opportunities. Um, and it's me and another girl that's on the show with me, Lauren. She's also yeah. uh, her and her husband are investors. And, uh, yeah, he, he showed us his business plan and, and just kind of fell into it like that. And it's, it's been a fun ride. The local brewing is becoming very popular here too. And can you tell us what, what, like, what's the flavor taste like? So Chris, Chris, um, he's kind of, he's an experimental dude. Um, you know, he's been doing barrel age stuff, uh, you know, putting stuff in bourbon barrels, doing that kind of stuff. Uh, this can that I showed you is his guns a blazing, which is, it's, it's 4.6%. It's kind of your basic standard, like lager type of thing, you know, that's pretty approachable. Um, you know, he does a couple of IPAs. He's, he's been working on sours. Um, you know, he's, he's actually done a seltzer, uh, was really good. Um, you know, uh, he just kind of is, he's an experimental dude and he's a chemist by like, that was his first job, right? He, he, yeah. he's a chemist and a chemistry professor and he did research and stuff like that. So he really likes to like experiment with the chemistry aspects of beer. You guys thinking about doing, um, sponsorships for any, um, sport teams in the future, like college. Um, I don't know about college. We're not big enough for that quite yet, yeah. but we, we have sponsored an axe league, axe throwing league, um, okay. down here. And I, th- I want to say we sponsored a rugby team too. Oh, nice. So you guys are looking into that revenue. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. No, that's, that's really cool. How about, um, podcasting advertising, throwing out the name there on different shows and stuff like that. Yeah, um, I don't, you know, I obviously we throw it out on Girls Beer Sports on occasion yeah. for, 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 well, I would say for free, but, you know, I want people to come yeah. to the brewery and spend money. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, you know, I think, I think Chris would, would uh, totally be, be, um, be down with that because he's, he's really into podcasts. Like he listens yeah. to a ton of different podcasts. He listens to a ton of uh, beer podcasts and brewing podcasts and stuff like that. So, yeah, I think he'd be willing to entertain. So the the whole experience with Fusion Brewery too, like at the location, um, people can sign up and tour as well. Is it like a small tour or like a large group of people that can tour? I I'm not sure they're doing tours right now. Um, in the they, past, in the past, it, I think it yeah. was just it. I think maybe like they limited it maybe to twenty people, not a huge group. Okay. But they 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 were doing groups of people, yeah. you know, before. The whole world went to hell, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that's really cool. Yeah, I like again. I love um, going to tours too for uh, brewing tasting, and I find it really fascinating what you see behind the scenes, like getting to know how they create the beer, where it came from. To me, that that's a really cool experience. Oh yeah. And like I said, when, when that, when that was happening, Chris would definitely take you through the process of that in term and definitely get, get you into the chemistry of it for yeah. sure. Yeah. How many, how many times did you do the tour already? Like yourself? 
Oh, myself. Well, since since we've kind of been in this whole process yeah. from the ground floor and getting everything, you know, I've actually worked the bar a couple of okay. times. So, nice. yeah, that's that's how far into it I've been. <laughs> you love uh, retro gaming. Yes, I've I'm seen, actually yeah. looking at my Pac-Man 60 and 1 right now. Yeah, I found that really cool. Um, where did you purchase it from? Uh, like. So it's 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 kind of, you know it's kind of a cool story I guess but uh, Lauren again my co-host on Girls Your Sports her her husband um he, that he's very uh he's very smart with fixing electronics and all of this kind of stuff and he loves fixing stuff up like yeah. that's his thing right so he bought a Galaga machine and two Pac-Man machines and he knew I had been wanting something that was like a 61 because he actually found a Ghost and Goblins cabinet on the street took it home and built his own 60 and one in the ghost and goblins cabinets yeah. and that's in their house and it's very cool so he's like hey pick out one of these pac-man machines and i'll make it for you and so i kind of picked out the one that was less egregious and he refinished the front of it the sides are still kind of faded out or whatever but it really gives it that kind of lived in look yeah <laughs> um, yeah but you know, he put the new um, the new Miss Pac Man panel that lights up and fixed all the controllers. And the the screen isn't an isn't an LED. It's the original screen, but it's still kind of cool. And even the little coin uh, where you put your your uh, quarters and stuff, okay. it's set it it's set to free play. But if you open that up, he's got like a little shelf in there. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's it's really cool. It's like living in an old Pizza Hut, and I love it. I love just I'll I'll put music on the Bluetooth and just go to town. It's really fun. Yeah, last summer, I mean last Christmas, I was thinking of getting um the they had the Mortal Kombat, they had the TMT yeah. retro arcade at Walmart, and I was thinking of getting it. It's like five hundred bucks, which I thought was not bad. Yeah, no. Yeah, retro gaming is coming back. And I, I actually myself thought about thought had thought about purchasing one of those, and I'm kind of glad I didn't because, like I said, this is an actual original. 100% 100% Miss Pac-Man cabinet and yeah. it's got one of my favorite games of all time on it in 1943 that is one of my favorite games of all time from the original Nintendo Wow! Um, wow! It's got it's got Galaga, it's got Frogger, um, it's got a it, like I said, it's got sixty <laughs> games on. It's got all the Donkey Kongs. No uh, way! That's awesome. one one Junior and three. Um, it's got Pac Mans I've never even heard of. Uh, <laughs> it, yeah, it's it's got a bunch of stuff on it. So and it's kind of cool too because. I know anytime I, I would want to change out games or change out the Raspberry Pi in it, I just yeah. call Kyle and be like, "Hey, can you help me out?" And he'd come over and and do it for me. Okay, you. I don't know if it's still on Netflix or if it's on Amazon Prime, but you need to go check that out because it's all about this dude who's trying to break the Donkey Kong record, and how there's this other guy named Billy, and I am blanking on his name, but he is a total jerk. And it's all about how there's just cheating and all this stuff that goes on in the in the yeah. retro gaming world, trying to break these records. It's fascinating. It's great. It's a great movie. I know that. Yeah, I'll definitely check that out. I know recently too, Netflix came out with a retro gaming documentary. I think it's like four episodes or whatnot. I forget the name of it. Uh, and I, have to ch- I have to check that out. Yeah, it's four episodes. It's like one of those um, special documentaries. It's just like a one-time thing. Have you seen the one? Have you seen the documentary about the dudes who uh, try to find the ET games that are buried? 
that that Atari buried in that uh, that landfill in the eighties. So you know, so you know, ET has always been like the worst game of all time, right? Yeah. Yeah. So these guys set out, and and there was always an urban legend about how Atari just took all of them and dumped them in this landfill and just covered (laughs) them over, right? So these guys have that's they're they're go on this quest to try and like legitimately say that yes, Atari did this, and this is what. And I'm not going to spoil it for anybody. But it takes you through the process of how the game was even made and conceived. And also, it's a great documentary, and I can't think of the name of it either. But if you look it up online, <laughs> yeah. just like ET, find an ET game or something like yeah. that, you would find it. But it's a really good documentary too. Well, re- recently I just I went on Kijiji. The, I, you guys have Kijiji in America, I believe, right? Uh, Not familiar know. with it. Okay, so yeah, it's one of those. Uh, face it's like a facebook marketplace pretty much so a lot of people uh, recently were selling the the old sega genesis and the super nintendo for like a hundred dollars just the mini ones and i picked two of both of them up actually they were like a hundred bucks each one has like 500 games and i've even yet to even check the whole list out Oh yeah, those those are super cool <laughs> yeah. for sure. Yeah, I, I really like the the uh, original in, in, in NES NES ones because Super Mario Brothers was always my thing. Mario one, two, exactly. three, and yeah. Because of that, I got the Super Nintendo and Sega Genesis is because of Sonic. Has like yeah, ten Sonic games. I I haven't even played them all of them yet. So I'm like, let me check them out. I remember when the uh, the movie The Wizard came out with Fred Savage, yeah. and we lost our minds because at the end of that movie, it was nothing but a giant promotion for Nintendo and Super <laughs> Mario Brothers 3, but that was the first time that anybody in the U.S. had like seen Super Mario Brothers 3, and it was just like, oh my god, this game is awesome, you turn into a raccoon and fly. Yeah, I remember that, and that was one, that was, I, I believe that was the hardest Mario out of all three of them. I don't think I ever beat that one. I beat one and two, but I don't think I ever beat three. Yeah, even till this day, I don't know anyone who's really beaten that game either. I it, I know it was um that was the one where the ghosts you go down to the spaceship and all the yeah. ghost fishes and and like you got those um those bombs coming at you. Yep, <laughs> it's just like chaos everywhere. Yeah, that that one it was. I think I think we figured out because we used to go to the the bookstore because this was before internet, kids. That's how yeah. old I am. Um, we used to go <laughs> to the bookstore and instead of buying the Nintendo magazine, we would just look at it and like look at the cheats. <laughs> oh yes, yeah, yeah. That that's pretty crazy now because now all you got to do once when you're stuck on a level game, you just pop and go on YouTube, take out your phone, level. Three Super Mario shows up and you're ready to beat the level. Exactly, Instantly. and you can watch somebody play through it. So, right. So let me get this straight. If if I'm correct, you guys would go to the library, check out the cheat sheets, and you would no, no, it we. Or- we go to the, like when, when my mom would go to the grocery store, we would go yeah. with her. And instead of going around the grocery store, we'd go to the magazine aisle and just oh. look and just and just or go to the bookstore like Walden Books or something when that yeah. existed. And yeah. like look at the magazines or look at the cheat books and then just write it down while we're standing there and oh, leave. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> Desperate times. Right. <laughs> um, I, I still want to get your opinion about um your reaction on Michael Myers. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, so yeah. I, I just I'm I'm not a super super horror movie fan, but I watch enough to know, you know, what I'm talking yeah. about a little bit kind of, I guess. But uh yeah, I caught uh, Halloween this afternoon and I hadn't seen it in a while, the original one, the 1978 one. And it never actually really scared me, even going back, like watching it when I was younger. Okay. I like I like it though. I like it because I'm not a fan of a lot of blood and that kind mm-hmm. of gore gore type of horror stuff. Yeah. So I think it actually it works it works because it's so suspenseful, right? Like he's he's just hiding in the shadows, and you see him kill people, yeah. but he like strangles them, and he never even when he's using the knife or when Jamie Lee Curtis uses the knife, a lot of blood. You know exactly. what I'm saying? Yeah. And and the music plays into it, but. For me, a little it's a little slow. It's honestly a little slow. And I get mm-hmm. the build up with the suspense and that kind of thing. It's a little slow. And in my rewatch today, I was like, wow. And this may this is maybe an unpopular opinion because I know she is the <laughs> she is the original Scream Queen. But man, I found her annoying. <laughs> Yeah, Jamie Lee Curtis, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah sorry, yeah. yeah, yeah. I was just like, oh my god, she's annoying. I didn't realize too when I was um, scrolling through Amazon this month. She's in a lot of horror movies in the in the late seventies and eighties. Yeah, Calm Night, um, right? Terror Train, and just other random ones that I, I was scrolling through. Well, and I think another thing that kind of struck me as I was watching it, so she goes to the house, and hey, spoiler alert, right? (laughs) I guess, if you've never seen the original. (laughs) You know, she goes over to the next-door neighbor's house, encounters Michael Myers, he cuts or whatever, she runs out of the house screaming. Yeah, sorry, that's when she was on the phone call with her neighbor, and then she's like, she keeps calling, I, I believe, keeps calling right. her neighbor and, and she's not answering the phone. Because Linda, Linda, the girl across yeah. the street, gets strangled while she's on the phone. And yeah, so she yeah. goes across to investigate, encounters the dead bodies of her three friends, Bob, <laughs> yeah. Linda, and whoever the other girl is. Yeah. And, you know, Michael Myers slashes her arm. She falls over the banister, falls down the stairs, gets up, starts running. So she's running around the neighborhood screaming, help me. The doctor is in the neighborhood and doesn't hear her screaming. I know. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm like, what the hell? That's that, a like, really good point there. <laughs> I was like, I was like, hold on. The doctor's in the neighborhood. She's running around screaming. Yeah. yeah. I, he you didn't hear, hear her, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the other, when her friend was getting strangled, it's like, how do you know? How do you not know that your friend is getting killed? I guess like maybe someone's attempting to kill her. Yeah, or maybe maybe she thought it was you know her and Bob were had accidentally called her <laughs> in the middle of something or yeah. you know yeah I don't know so I mean I like the movie because I do find it suspenseful I like I like the music and I think the music's like iconic you know the music is the one that does it. For right, yeah. it it absolutely it absolutely does. Um, I like it better than the remake, the reboot, whatever you want to yeah, call it, yeah. with uh, Rob that, that Rob Rob Zombie did. And uh, I actually, a lot of people don't like Halloween three, but on subsequent re- re- rewatches of Halloween three, The Witcher is not. It's not that bad. It really isn't. I've, 
I've seen a lot of positive posts happening on social media with the, so basically one, two, and three are the most positive ones that are, uh, that are reviewed. And after part three, it's all negative after that. A lot of the Halloween just, they go to Hollywood after that. But one, two, and three is more like independent style. You got the, you got the iconic uh, score in there. And and the music itself, it, it, it's a standalone character. Oh, it totally, I totally yeah. agree. And I know people, you know, people bragged on three when it came out because Michael Myers isn't in it, right? Which is cool. I think that that was a neat idea. Yeah, and, and so, but I think like that is kind of. I think Halloween three's kind of picked up like a cult following. Yeah. Um, over the years. And I think a lot of people now kind of see the merit that in in the movie that it actually is a pretty decent horror movie. Maybe if you you have to suspend the fact that it's Halloween or whatever, um, yeah. but I actually think it ends up being a pretty decent horror movie. I haven't looked too deep as to why Michael Myers wasn't in the movies, so I'm I'm definitely gonna check that out. I don't know it, like the whole background and the, it, like what decisions are made based on. The, uh, yeah, moving I, forward and why they didn't bring him I, in. But, I honestly uh, yeah. don't remember. I think it was it was different producers and and that kind okay. of thing. And I think they just wanted to kind of capitalize on the whole Halloween uh, name in the Halloween yeah. franchise, and they were trying to go in a different direction. Yeah. Which, you know that always happens, and it never works. <laughs> well, I mean, after part three, number four, the returns of Michael Myers, it it was a tank. It's it's not that good. It they went too Hollywoodish. They, was they that didn't make it real? That wasn't H two O, was it? Or no? What, what did they call it? H two O was after Halloween. Okay, before. that. Okay, that's yeah. right. That's right. After yeah. that, I lost track of how many there are. I don't even know which part is what after Halloween three. Now, I I couldn't tell you. I lost track. I think <laughs> like that's like with the Friday the Thirteenth. Um, I think I lost track yeah. on maybe what J- Jason goes to hell. Freddie, yeah. yeah, I think Jason goes to hell was like, and then I think that you know Jason in space and they Jason don't even, X. Yeah, they don't even tell you what numbers they're on after. They just say Jason comes back or the return of Jason. <laughs> yeah, see, the, and yeah. Th- these are these are kind of the the horror movies that that I've always been more into, and that's because yeah. that's what I grew up with was Freddie and Jason and Michael Myers what, and. What's your opinion on Freddy? That's my favorite horror movie, and that's like my first horror movie I ever saw. Freddy scared. That was one that scared me. Like I really wasn't that scared of Jason. I wasn't really that yeah. scared of Michael Myers. But the fact that something could attack you in your sleep like that and kill yeah. you, that scared the crap out of me. <laughs> yeah, Freddy tended to be that one villain that, as a kid growing up, it scared everybody. Whether you were... 10, 15, or even 18 years old. Oh, yeah. And the whole two, one, two, Freddy's coming for that whole thing. That whole, and, yeah. and, and, but, you know, well, Dream Warriors had a great soundtrack. Yeah, that, the Freddy 3. Yeah, I love that one. That one was awesome. Uh, with, like, that one, back in the day, back in the 90s when I was watching part three, I think some of the scenes I couldn't even watch. When the kid was walking with the, um, what was it? I don't know. I guess it was his his own body parts hanging. Yeah, yeah. That was nasty. Yeah, and I didn't like when he when <laughs> when Freddie turns into that that snake or that worm thing. Oh yeah. Um, and starts swallowing uh, the the one girl, 
And oh God, the the one and well, this was the original Nightmare on Elm Street when um, Johnny Depp is in yeah. his bed is in yeah. his bed, and then the whole bed just explodes in blood sick. and just yeah, nah, nah. <laughs> well, that's the difference between um, the '70s and '80s filmmaking. This is why today's filmmaking is I'm not really getting interested in it. If it's not a Marvel movie, it doesn't pique my interest because there's nothing memorable. They don't make an, uh, an iconic soundtrack anymore. Mm-mm. They don't have like a scene that is memorable or create characters that you're going to talk about 20, 30 years from now. Like we're still talking about Freddy, Jason, uh, Michael Myers. We just met on, on this podcast and you're talking about it. Right. As well. Yeah. Like it's crazy. Well, and you know, I, I like Robert England to me can he's the, he's Freddie. That's it. You know, just forget it. You're not gonna yeah. try. And like I've really loved the original Fright Night. I absolutely hated the fact that they tried they rebooted Fright Night. I don't the original know Fright Night was great. The remix, yeah, the original one. I, I gotta um I gotta revisit that one. But I I didn't like the the new Fright Night with um what's his name. Colin Farrell, right? Colin. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I wasn't. Yeah, that I like the original. Good. The original's campy, but that's what I that I guess that's what I like in horror movies is campiness a little bit. I tell you, a horror movie that I believe everyone needs to see because you will watch it and be like, "What the hell did I just watch?" And I have a friend who is really into horror movies, and this is his favorite horror movie, and it's called Black Christmas, the original one. Do not watch the remake. Okay, I gotta watch the original. is on my list, actually. Okay, it's from the, you know it's from the seventies. Yes, it's okay. called Black Christmas. It's it's and it's got um Margot Kidder in it. She's in it. Okay. Yeah, okay. you know Lois Lane from the from uh, Christopher Reeve's Superman yes. in the eighties or whatever. So yes, it's called Black Christmas, but it's set. It's a horror movie. It's a horror movie. It could. It just happens to be set during Christmas, right? It really has nothing to do with Christmas. Yeah. But the social themes in this movie. Again, I don't want to give too much away, but literally, I saw it with um, Brett and who was who put me onto it, and another one of our friends, and it was the first time that Sean and I had seen it, and we just looked at each other after it was over and looked at Brett, and we were like. What the hell did we just watch? <laughs> yeah. yeah, like the it's just it's a it's kind of a mind bender for sure. I gotta check this one out. I, I did watch the remake a long mm. time ago when it came out. It was a downer. Now watch the original because the original was actually I believe written and directed by the dude who wrote and directed a Christmas story. Okay. Yeah. And you will be like, how did that guy write this and then write a Christmas story? <laughs> well, you got a few um, remakes coming. Candyman, uh, The Craft from 1996 it just came out, the remake. What were they thinking on that one? Man, I mean, I'll tell you. Oh, my uh, gosh. I, uh, this drives me insane <laughs> because Candyman – Still to this day, the original freaks me out. Yeah, I yeah. couldn't like I couldn't sleep for a week after I saw that movie. That movie scared the crap out of me, and I I saw the the original craft in theaters mm-hmm. when it came out, and I thought it was pretty cool. But I just don't understand why you need to remake it. I just don't get it. Uh, they have nothing else to do, and it's like they didn't even try. 
there's no advertising for it. It just popped out of nowhere. It's like, yeah. are you serious? You're you're insulting <laughs> an amazing movie like that? And just you know, throwing it out there. Yeah, the the craft was was made in the '90s, but I actually have watched watched it. You know, it's been a little while, yeah. but I've watched it since it came out. I still think. Yeah. Oh yeah. A lot of people were saying. I'm hearing all kinds of opinions about the remake one. Like, people are trying to be nice about it, but then there's others just bashing it right down the drain. Yeah, I, I probably won't. I probably won't see the remake. <laughs> I honestly watch. probably no. won't. I tell you, uh, what other movie really kind of freaked me out when I saw it, and, I, and a lot of people are like now are like, oh, whatever. Uh, Blair Witch Project. Project. Mm-hmm. When it first when it first came oh, out. Yeah. Dude, that was like, whoa! What did I just see? You know, yeah. I saw I saw it in theaters, and I'm not gonna lie to you. I walked out of there and I was like, I'm a little creeped out, even though I know this and isn't it, real. And made you think twice going into a forest after that. I bet. I, I'm telling you what, it it, <laughs> it, 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 cre- it creeped me out. And like I said, I know you know even going into it knowing it wasn't real after everybody kind of yeah. like, oh no, this is a a mockumentary thing. I thought I thought it was well done. Now the second one is terrible uh, yeah that that was an actual like movie production all out one i remember renting that one from blockbuster yeah that was over hollywooded yeah. to death that was <laughs> I, I watched it and i was like this sucks and th- it doesn't make any sense so how can you go from that part one to that sequel like it was probably a whole different production team that was involved oh I, I'm, I'm totally sure sure it was and <laughs> i'll tell you what there's some interesting interesting fan theories out there on youtube about the original one really like some really well thought out fan theories about the fact that uh josh and the other dude planned the whole entire thing to kill heather oh yeah and i've watched a couple i've watched a couple of these and they actually do make make sense it makes it makes sense i gotta check this out that's really interesting I'm going to check that one out. But yeah, even, like watching that one in my teens in the theaters, honestly, it made us think twice about going camping, going to the forest. And, and like we, we thought it was real because there was no internet. You just went into the theaters or like, what the hell's the Blitter Witch? Let's go check it out. It was like 14 plus when it came out. And like we thought it was real. We yeah, were, well, we were young kids. The the marketing the marketing on that thing, the guerrilla yeah. marketing that they did was amazing because you know they they put up that whole website, they did the whole blog, like somebody wrote out those those blogs and the diaries yeah. and and was like, look, this is stuff that they found in the woods and like put together this yeah. whole entire thing. I mean, the the marketing on that thing was genius. Yeah, that's where um, I'm pretty sure Paranormal Activity got the idea from. Oh, for sure. Any any of these found footage and what actually one of my favorite yeah. found footage movies, um, and it's so stupid, but I will watch it every single time I see it on TV. Which one? The Chernobyl Diaries. I just watched that last <laughs> week. I love it. It's Even great. Even though the rating was low, I don't care about ratings anymore or people's opinions. It was scary as hell. That and, movie, uh, yeah, it's fabulous. Ukraine. Yeah, that was amazing. Like even like, oh, man, I don't even want to spoil it, but that was awesome. Well, I was taking them to Ukraine. Yeah. The driver, the tour guide, 
Yep. And then they they get blocked from the and like the first attempt they got blocked from the security guards and then they they went yep. off road off the roadmap. Oh yeah. And um, I don't know. The one thing that scared the shit out of me and spoil alert because you're not gonna know when it's coming is the right. grizzly. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Because <laughs> you're like, what the me. hell? Yeah, I, I yeah. had to rewind that. <laughs> I went back, I got up, and I rewinded it because I was like, what the hell did I just see? <laughs> yeah, no, it, and that's and it's 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 one of those ones where it's some jump, it's jump scares and stuff like that. It is and a lot I'm a huge, scares. huge, huge fan of abandoned places. Like I yeah. love watching like abandoned people going into abandoned places on YouTube mm-hmm. and stuff like like urban exploration is what what they call it. And so it fascinated me that way. But I also actually have a degree i have a master's degree in russian history so i'm super into like soviet history and that kind of thing so that's another reason that i was interested in it but overall as a i thought as a horror movie i thought it worked pretty well it worked really well that one um a lot of jump scares i love the fact that it was mostly in the nighttime Mm -hmm. you didn't know what the hell was gonna happen and especially the scene where they went to go after the the brothers they got bitten and then all the dogs started chasing them when they found um, the bus with yeah. all the mm-hmm. bullet holes and stuff like that. And I actually thought something was in the front seat of the bus. Then when he opened it, there was nothing yeah. and then something fell from the top. Yeah, yeah that movie was really well done. Well, and, it, and, I- and there's a TV series based on it now. Well, that that uh, that TV series is phenomenal. The the uh, I have the, to watch it because and that's that's the whole um, of what actually happened at Chernobyl. It's it's absolutely it's very well done. It's it's so go go watch the the mini series to find okay. out what happened, and then go back and watch the Chernobyl Diaries. Okay. Yeah. So is it inter is it connected in some way? Well, I mean, it is and it isn't because you know there's no there's no mutants necessarily that that because are yeah. monst- monsters you know in chernobyl but the whole you know the radiation and all of that stuff i mean that's yeah, yeah they, they got all that kind of correct and, and i love the, 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 the wild animals too for sure yeah yeah well the ending the ending messed me up like i didn't even expect that i don't want to uh, spoil yeah, it yeah and i'm really surprised um, I don't want to spoil it again, but I'm really surprised. There's not like the way they did it. They didn't make it predictable because of a lot of horror movies, like at least like you got a couple people that survived. I'll right. Just leave it at that. Like it was it was a great ending. It was. And I think the other reason it worked is it did have a lot of jump scares. You knew something was out there, but they yeah. never really showed the monsters. Not even at the end did you really see what the monsters look like. Nope. No. Nope. And I, I love the fact too that they, they used the animals as well. Mm-hmm. As to make you think that that was the only thing out there. Right. Yeah. That was really cool. That was, It was well done. Well done. It was, nice, short, sweet film. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I will watch <laughs> it. I will watch it every time I see it on. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, anyone out there listening, go check out the Chernobyl Diaries, the movie and the and the TV series on uh, HBO, I believe it's on. Yeah, it is, for sure. Yeah, got to check that one out. Um, you brought up the abandoned places that you like. Mm-hmm. Uh, Highway 90, I was checking because I actually wanted to cross the border uh, this, um, this Halloween and go on, on like a road trip to abandoned places in America. 
you you guys have so much so much out there abandoned like uh, hospitals um, asylums really neat places out there oh yeah there's a ton there's a ton of stuff there's abandoned malls there's abandoned hotels yeah. there's there's abandoned resorts in the Catskills there's abandoned movie theaters there's abandoned bowling alleys um yeah, there's a there's a guy uh, I can't think of his name right now, and he did a series called the Dead Mall series, which was really cool. But he was also doing a series called uh, I think Dead Hotels or something like that, where he was going into abandoned hotels that were pretty creepy. Yeah. Um. But yeah, there's a oh the abandoned amusement parks we've got. Um. Pretty much, if you can think of any building that's abandoned, there's it's abandoned somewhere in the United States. <laughs> Well, I found a couple um, in uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. There's a ton yep. out there. Oh, yeah. And like here in Toronto, Pennsylvania is not too far. It's like a four-hour drive. So just to get into the state. But um, there's the uh, Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Asylum. That one looks really cool. I'll, I'll show you a photo of it. This is like, uh, I just got this on Instagram here. I don't know if you can see it. Oh, oh yeah. This is huge. Yeah. It's, hum- it's humongous. Yeah, it's really huge. I really want to go to that place. And then there was another place, too. It was um, Beaver Valley Bowl. Mm-hmm. And it's an abandoned place. And uh, it has um, three or four floors. And then while it's in a benefactory, the third floor still has an open bowling valley a bowling alley and a gym on the fourth floor. But like the huh. first two floors are, are abandoned. Cool. I bet that would be really cool. Yeah. That, yeah. That's like a four to six hour drive from here. That's not too bad. I'm sure you could probably find some more places along the way to stop at. Well, I actually wanted to do um, the Stephen King road trip. Oh, to the, uh, well, the Overlook, um, the original Overlook or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I I thought it would just be a cool road trip if it wasn't for all this COVID stuff to do. Yeah, it would definitely be, especially like this time of year, be fabulous. Oh, yeah. In the the fall time and stuff. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, uh, what's your experience um, traveling to these abandoned places? Have you had any weird, weird ones? So unfortunately I myself have not really been to any abandoned places. I'm just super into like watching the videos on YouTube and things like that. You know, we do have a, uh, there's a a sanitarium in Louisville that, um, they do like Halloween tours and stuff every year. And it's, it's been abandoned, abandoned forever. Um, and there's, you know, there's some other abandoned places in Kentucky, but yeah, unfortunately I myself, um, I'm not brave enough to do my own urban exploration. I just let other people <laughs> do it for me and live vicariously through YouTube. Well, I'm like the beautiful people. That's a great song. Oh, um, his, his cover of Sweet Dreams is awesome. Yeah. Um, God, I'm trying to think. Uh, uh, oh, what's the song off Mechanical Animals? Have, oh, have you heard uh, the song Reflection? I don't think I have. I don't the know. The lyrics for that one is amazing. Dope it's show. Crit. I like Dope yeah. show. A Dope lot. show is good, yeah. Oh yeah, like his, well, like even for musicians out there, go listen to Marilyn Manson and just listen to his lyrics. Oh yeah, totally. Well, and then you know, also was into Rob Zombie. Um, yeah, actually like White Zombie more than I like Rob Zombie solo really? stuff. Yeah, yeah. 
I really, really, really love the original, um, original white zombie album, um, with, uh, black sunshine. Oh my God. Black sunshine is a killer <laughs> song. If y'all don't know that song and you don't know that, that white zombie song, <sighs> Go look up Black hey, Sunshine. I'm learning new things on here right now. <laughs> that song is killer. <laughs> no, that's really cool. Um, to end this podcast, where can everybody find you? And what is the next uh, thing for, for you and uh, Girls, Beers, and Sports podcast? All right. So you can find us if you want to interact on Twitter at GRLS Beer Sports. And I will tell you, Saturdays on Twitter for at GRLS Beer Sports are always fun because I'm on there drunk tweeting college football. So awesome. <laughs> I'm just on there being generally yeah. – I run the Twitter account. So if you're interacting with our Twitter, you're interacting directly with me. Um, you were on Facebook. We are on Instagram, Girls Beer Sports. Um, we usually yeah. post pictures of what we're drinking and, and stuff like that. Um, we, we have an email, girlsbeersports at gmail.com if you're interested. Um, but we are on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify. Just got on Amazon last week. Uh, we're on a crap ton of platforms. I always say that we are everywhere. Good podcasts are free. Nice. Awesome. So much information. Thank you for sharing all your opinions, experiences, and all the sports that you had to offer on here. Um, I learned a lot, and I hope our listeners uh, do too. Any shout-outs you want to do before you um, head out? Uh, I guess shout-out to my co-hosts, Lauren and Lee, for uh, sticking with me for 240 eight episodes or whatever we're on yeah definitely <laughs> definitely shout out to them for for making making our podcast entertaining awesome awesome and uh d just before we go too, uh what are you um being for halloween any halloween plans or not too well we're going to the football game at noon and then yeah. honestly i probably won't be doing anything this year um probably just be on the couch watching college football Okay, sounds like a plan. Well, if you haven't heard on um, Girl Sports and Beer podcast, go check them out. Um, grab a beer. And if you ever head on to Kentucky, go check out uh, Brewery Fusion. <laughs>